0: This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey guys, welcome to FastCast, the Formula SAE podcast. I'm Mike Sorg. Uh, you may have uh, seen me around some of the events in past years, and this year I'm uh, giving a, more of a uh, voice to the podcast, I suppose, here. Uh, and of course, I'll see you guys out there again with camera in hand as usual at the Formula Events this year in uh Michigan and Lincoln and who knows maybe somewhere else new we'll be talking about here. We have the crew in here today of course you all know Kaylee Zundell, uh program manager of Formula SAE. How are you doing Kaylee?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you.
0: you're you're, you're ready for the <laughs> first podcast of the season. You're in a new location. <laughs> Not
1: really, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but let's go. <laughs>
0: and hey, this is this is the show where we're gonna be talking about everything that's new this season. And uh again, yeah, somebody that was around last season, but the first on the podcast, Ryan Good is with us. He is the university programs coordinator of Formula SAE as well. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good. Mike, glad to
2: be here. So you you've been on since the was it the beginning of the year that you joined? I joined January third of last year. And uh, loved every minute of it so far.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some sarcasm in there. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah, I know you've been around at a lot of the events and everything and uh, getting acclimated to everything. Kaylee, what is new? Where do we start? I guess the rules are the big thing we should probably get into first.
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously most of the teams, if they're listening, uh, have already been aware of the rules change. Um, Typically with Formula SAE, we, we try to put the rules out. Uh, a year before the next season's competition. So our 2019 rules actually came out in May of 2018. Um, and this year we actually did uh, not too many actual changes to the rules as far as uh, the technical changes, but we just completely rewrote the entire rule set, making it a little bit more user-friendly for um, the readers, um, honestly, even a little bit more user-friendly for our own volunteers. So. Um and it just it just really needed cleaned up um one of the things uh, maybe the the team members i'm sure they're aware of, but they just don't see it or understand it on a daily basis obviously' because they're not deeply ingrained in our rules, but we have rules committee meetings, and every so many years we change rule committee members, rule committee chair so after a number of years a number of revisions, you can see um you could really start to see the the different tones from different people in the rule set. So um, this year, our rules chair decided to do a complete new rewrite. So it's nice and fresh, and honestly, it'll bring us a little bit more in line with the global rule set as well that um, international competitions are also using.
0: And I think for those curious. There was there's a recent video that went up for a uh, uh, for program management, and and she breaks down the rules and the changes pretty well visually in there. If uh, you need to kind of a, a see where those went.
1: Yeah. So Emily, um, who's actually a former um, University of Pittsburgh uh, FSAE team member, and I believe she was even the team captain one year, Um, but she serves on our technical group um, that's on site as well as the online document reviews. Um, And she puts on a seminar every year. And uh, I didn't get to attend it this year. Unfortunately, I had schedule conflicts, but one of our other staff members did go and said it was really good. And so yeah, we we had you come out and record it, and uh, I believe it's online.
0: No, so keep an eye out for that. That'll be in uh, the communications here soon if you haven't seen it already, guys.
1: Coming with the rules, um, we also have required document templates. So one of the, I guess, is a major change, but again, didn't change anything with the technical content, but we really, we had uh, two individuals that lead the SES document review really um, stepped forward this year and did a tremendous job on uh, reformatting our SES documents that the students have to use for their structural equivalency. Um, And again, they they made the document very user friendly both for the student side as well as the document reviewer side Um, with the number of teams that we have competing in the U.S. competitions in addition to the teams who are also still on the wait list because we we have to review those teams too in the event that we pull them up off the wait list. They need to be just as prepared as the teams on the registered list. There's a lot of teams that have to be reviewed and we actually only have a small um, Committee, of, I think uh, I think we're up to like fifteen reviewers now, um, and we really don't want to go that much higher than that because then we start losing that consistency in the review process. Um, but we needed to make the review process easier for them um, based on the number of questions, rules questions we were getting on the old templates. We honestly needed to make it even a little bit easier for the students to understand. And the document's not supposed to be a document used to help. Um, to help the students build their vehicle. It's really more to confirm what they are thinking of designing. So they are actually supposed to do all the work, put the information in, and then the system, the document now is actually really great. It's pretty cool. Um, it'll actually, it's color-coded with different colors. So like if you get blue, you're good to go um, based on, you know, or pending on official review. Uh, if you're like yellow, it's like we think you're good. You might be stretching the point somewhere. But based on our official review, again, we'll see. And then if you're red, blank, just blatantly <laughs> you're not ready. Like your design is just just flawed somewhere. So, um, so that's pretty cool. And then also with um, the rules change, when we first released the rule set, uh, there was two parts that were missing um, or vaguely written, I should say. Um, one was the cost area. Um, we've really cleaned that up, um, going more to the whole online submission of a cost report only, no more hard copies required, which is pretty cool. Um, And then the second is the presentation uh, event, which is still a little bit up in the air. um, But what we're trying to do with that is uh, we've gotten rid of the business logic case, um, which was a required document that was originally designed to pull in design, sales, and cost all into a document Mm -hmm. so that it could be consistently judged across the three different events with three different types of volunteers, but honestly, we recognized it wasn't really doing what we had initially designed it to do, so taking that and throwing it out, we just thought, okay, presentation skill sets are still very important for students, so let's think of something that maybe doesn't have to be directly tied to the cost or directly tied to design, and so this year, we're actually thinking, um, our committee actually, a small group of um, presentation volunteers, event captains, are working on creating an actual scenario. So we will give all the students the exact same scenario, but how they develop the resolution and present on it will be actually kind of interesting. And then I think too for the judges, we'll make it a little bit easier for them to to actually judge um, because our, our original rules were a little bit vague. It just said you had to come in and do a presentation on the car to fictitious, you know, automobile manufacturers or executives. And um, so we got, you know, presentations that were great, but all over the place, Mm -hmm. like from uh, presentations based on facilities designed around a car to dating service designed around a car to the car itself. Like they were all really great, but it made it really hard to judge based on the actual concept of the rules. So um, this, this change... Honestly, we're kind of viewing it as maybe a transitional change. Uh this might not be what we do or what we see in 2020. Um you know, the the committees having discussions about this. Maybe it's something we start tying a little bit more into the actual cost event or maybe it's going to be something tied at the beginning of the design event or you know, we'll we're going to we're going to continue discussing that. And so in 2020 we may see some additional changes for presentation, but we just have a lot of little things that are all starting to happen. Mm-hmm. So
0: a lot of the facilities are going to look a little different this year, as far as the layout and some of the things that are going on. Let's let's start with Michigan. Some big changes. We we previewed some of those changes for endurance last year on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it looks like uh, some of those might be taking effect this year, right?
1: Yeah. So um, one of the major changes taking place at Michigan is we will be expanding the endurance um, events outside of the back oval where. We're typically running um we will be going into the infield so again it's it's something we're gonna try uh similar to what last year we tried something new last year. We got some mixed reviews. We had students who really love it, and then we had students that really hated the, it. Yeah,
0: uh, the dreaded hairpin <laughs> turn oh, that yes. got a feature in the highlights. I so. know,
1: but you know what's <laughs> funny is that hairpin turn, we actually designed it to be like, I think it was like 10% bigger than what it's actually maxed in the roll or something. Yeah. But I, I do admit, I pro- probably the fact that it was on like that off, or the uneven pavement, maybe it was a little bit had to do with it, but, um, it was in spec. It was, you know, Those
0: poor volunteers had to run all day <laughs> long getting, I, I felt so bad watching that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know, I mean, that was a big complaint, but honestly, we had bigger complaints about teams not being able to leave because, right. um, with expanding the endurance course, the way we did, we couldn't allow teams to get in and out of the gate 12 that they're typically using with their large transporters because the course was running. So the way we look at the course this year is we will still be utilizing those um, entry points onto the back oval, however, because we won't be going the whole way down the back um, stretch of um, the back there, uh, the back runway there, um, if teams do need to leave, we are looking at a way of getting them to come out, you know, there, there's an there's an area at the end of the suites that students are familiar with near the pedestrian tunnels. They can get out and drive on the very bottom <laughs> of the race oval. Um, it's a nice flat surface that we can safely guide them through there and then out that gate 12 if they need to leave before endurance is over. So we're looking at issues like that, um, you know. But a trade-off is going to be that we are probably not going to have as great of spectator viewing for the event, you know. Um, But, you know, one of the things we are currently looking at is, do we have the manpower? Do we have the equipment ability? Um, You know, both a forklift or the number of barriers we would need to bury off the infield road course to allow for some spectating in there. Um, We're looking at all those kind of things. You know, another challenge is also if a car breaks down on the track. You know, will we safely push the vehicle off into further into the inside of the track on the grass or a gravel area so that the course can still continue um, running? Or will we have to sh- like actual hard shut down the course to get a car off track? Or we're, we're just so many different little things that um, when we just push it out there and we really thought about it. It looked great. And then now that we're getting into the little nitty-gritty parts of mm-hmm. the the um, operations, it's becoming a little challenging. So
0: that compact design was always really great for access, right? It and was now it yeah. kind of turns into like what we see with Baja, where like you need to have people kind of spread out a little bit more. We
1: do, yeah. So when we had the shorter um I mean we were still spec as far as our rules with the length of the course endurance, but when we were very compacted it lent to very boring courses, pretty much straightened back. And we started seeing that in our feedback from time to time. Um, and quite honestly, our volunteers are getting just as bored with it. So that's why in 2018 we tried to extend the course, put a little bit more exciting, you know, um, some elements in there, similar to what we can do in Lincoln. Um, you know, because Lincoln, it's different pavement. I mean, it's a wide open space. And um, we get some teams that, you know, Attend both competitions, and so they start spreading that, you know, conversation. Plus, we post videos, and so it's easy to see that kind of information. Um, but uh, so yeah, so this year we're gonna try it. Um, I'm 100% ready to hear whether people like it or not. Um, all, all I'm asking is that just keep an open mind to it. Um, we're obviously trying to trying to give you the best of both worlds, but in reality, you'll find that can't always happen. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, we're hoping that the the new course, it's going to be longer. Um, so teams, drivers will do a few less laps, but we'll be able to put a few more cars on time. So again, maybe another added benefit is we won't be here till eight o'clock at night waiting for the awards, award ceremony to start. So I so mean, a little trade-offs that were Should be an interesting year, (laughs) but that's for Michigan. And then um, it seems like all the event sites are gonna have some changes this year. Uh, For those who come to Lincoln, we've been running there for a number of years now, and we have our events uh, layout pretty well-defined. And this year, we're gonna be challenged. At the end of last year, there's an Air Force reserve base in Omaha, Nebraska, that's currently getting their airport or their runways and things like that redone. So during this time frame, they are having to relocate to the Lincoln Air Park, uh, auxiliary airport You know, um, lanes that we currently, the tarmacs we run on. And they are going to be, so students who have been there, they are familiar with the break and practice area. There's that nice bright orange fence that you can't go beyond. Um, the, the Air Force people are going to be operating from above that down into our space a little bit so um, also they're doing some construction right now because of all that so they're they're repaving we concreting places um, that come into our area a little bit as well at this current time we don't know if we're going to be affected in June when the event takes place it depends on how fast the construction people are moving so we are going to plan for the worst case possible and plan that we're going to be affected. Um, So maps that we may start putting out here in the new year may show some of these changes, but when we get up on site, you know, the few days prior to, and we see that construction hasn't reached our areas, we may actually resort back to one of our 2018 layouts just because we know it works, it's functional. Yeah, so again, with that one, it's just, you know, flexibility. It's all we can ask. So.
0: Might look different. It might be just fine.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So
1: <laughs> either way, I'm hoping. I mean, either way, I'm not hoping students will still have the experience that you know they they want to gain from this competition, mm-hmm. regardless of how the competition looks. So
0: excellent. Uh, anything else uh, new to either of those competitions this year, other than the, some of the layout changes potentially?
1: Uh, To Michigan and Lincoln, no, (laughs) probably not at this point. Um, I mean, things pop up all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, but Ryan and I are definitely going to be tested this year because we have another Formula Mm. SAE competition, um, which I think most teams obviously know about now as well, but uh, we have acquired the previous Formula North competition and it's now been rebranded for Formula SAE North. Um, so we'll see that uh this spring as well. And um I believe we're gonna do a podcast about that. So I'll I'll leave more information about that. But um yeah, we'll probably see some changes at that event as well, obviously. Ryan, Ryan's new Ryan's new
0: <laughs> What are new things that Ryan's gonna be doing?
1: I mean Ryan got the experience <laughs> a crazy year last year. Uh-huh. I mean, we had a crazy formula experience to begin with last year, but Uh, He was introduced to Michigan, that was his first formula event, in which we unfortunately had um, a staff member who had to leave due to a death of a family, so we got shorthanded. And then, on top of that, Ryan, you got your first, what, experience?
2: With Formula Lincoln?
1: No, uh, Michigan.
2: Oh, are you sp- speaking about the weather? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So getting stuck in that trailer out <laughs> on the track and being told I wasn't allowed to leave.
1: <laughs> so Ryan got stuck out on the track during the endurance lightning storm. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, he was out there working with the scorekeeping people.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> so, you know,
1: while while we did have to shut down, um, you know, Ryan and our national scorekeeper um, – Steve Savitz and the event captain Laura, Um, they took advantage of that shutdown time and they actually started processing all the earlier runs that day. So, but yeah, so Ryan got exposed to that. And then, you know, we go to Lincoln and (laughs) it's pouring down rain that to the point where we were up until I think midnight, one o'clock in the morning, having a meeting prior to the teams, the day before teams are going to be arriving, thinking, okay, if this is going to continue, what is our Contingency plan.
0: Yeah, because so. it was weird because I got there the next morning and the rain c- didn't have anywhere to go. There was just like a layer of water yeah. on the concrete. And I'm just like, what?
1: Yeah. So the way that tarmac is actually designed, yeah. it all flows down to that central point where all those drains are, which is where a lot of our operations take place. <laughs> yeah. So, but our concern was it wasn't even just the rain, um, it was the the storms that were supposed to be coming through, because, you know, as the students experienced in Michigan and probably other events, lightning, we have to shut down, especially at those venues that have policies in place, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so Ryan <laughs> Ryan got kind of uh, what's that trial by fire, right? Is that that term?
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, even on top of that, also at Formula Lincoln, there was a unfortunate death.
1: Yeah, we had well. another staff member, um, a different staff member, obviously have another un- unfortunate um, you know family member. So again, we became shorthanded. At an event, we're kind of actually already shorthanded to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, Ryan was fantastic. He just you know picked up and just started doing whatever needed to be done. Um, if you asked for something to be done he'd do it if he saw something had to be done he didn't even wait to be asked he just went and did it so it was really great um he's he's been a good addition to the group so i, I um, feel like
2: there's some sarcasm in that yeah. <laughs>
1: No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs>
2: yeah, and I know. I, I
0: saw him at some of the other SAE events yes. going into it. He was definitely in the zone by the time we got to Lincoln.
1: Right. Yeah. So one of the things that Ryan did have to be exposed to, I guess, is um, as the program coordinators, we have two of them on staff. They do try to go to each other's events to support them, um, both in the registration and then later in other different roles. So Ryan did get to go see Clean Snowmobile this year. You got to go to two Air Designs or just one? I went to one Air Design. Yeah, one Air Design. All three Bajas, though.
2: All three Bajas.
1: Um, All three Bajas. No,
2: no, I apologize. I only went to two Bajas. I didn't go to Oregon. Sorry, guys.
1: Oh, that's right. You didn't go to Oregon. Um, But, yeah, so he went to at least two Bajas and then obviously the two formulas. So the only event he didn't get to see that we actually manage um, because we do snowmobile, the formula series... But we also do Super Mileage. So it's the only event he hasn't gotten to see yet. But unfortunately, the schedules always overlap Baja and Super Mileage. So he will probably <laughs> never see that um, unless he just doesn't go to that Baja that year. So,
0: <laughs> Some big decisions in your future.
1: I know. I well, oh, yeah. Big
2: decisions. Uh, trial by fire for the first year. And then second year, Kaylee <laughs> said we're taking on another formula event. So. Here we go again.
1: I'm a glutton for punishment.
2: (laughs) Well, he got good help now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) He's got to step up now.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Anything else new this year? Of course, the app is still going. I don't know if there's any updates to that.
1: Honestly, we have so many things that kind of are in that little pipeline that we're not Mm -hmm. sure when they're going to be implemented, if possible, for 2019. Um, But we do have a lot of little things, actually, like on the registration page on the SE.org website. Um, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe um, one of the new things underneath the student profile page, like after they add themselves, where they put the emergency contact, there's now a like a, a feature where they can put any type of certifications or clearances and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a really huge thing. Um, I believe Martha will be talking about that probably down the line. She's our corporate sales recruiter. And, um, we, you know, we give the student team list to all the sponsors, Certain well, certain levels of the sponsors um, get the team list. And so they utilize that for their recruitment purposes. So um, one of the feedback from sponsors last year was adding – um, a feature for the students to put if they have any types of certifications on, on that list. So we've added that to the registration.
2: Well, we will actually <laughs> be, uh, since Mike did bring up the app, we will actually not be having a student handbook this year, mm-hmm. as the app will actually be taking the place of that. Um, all the information will be there. You'll have it prior to the competition even beginning, so you will not have to wait for that student handbook to be handed to you or for that whole document to be posted. Uh, As things come, you will see them as they get posted as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we just found it was easier. Um, Some of the things change, you know, in the student handbook from the time we print it, which is we really only print it like a week out from the competition. Mm -hmm. Um, But things will change from that time we print it till we get on site or even just throughout the site. And now with the app, we're able to change things on the fly. Um, and I think one of the things we were looking at based on feedback, um, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, is, so last year we didn't really utilize the push notifications a lot because we were afraid to kind of overuse that. But we actually got a lot of feedback in the surveys that we, um, uh, that we, um, conduct after post-events where students were telling us that we probably should be using that push notification more often. So I think that's something we're looking at doing this year. I think so. CDS webs the Online dot com. We're uh, going to see a few little changes there. Um, mostly just, I think, look and feel. Yeah, mostly cosmetic changes. Yeah, it's, we're going to pull it all into more SAE line of branding with the events. Um, actually, the current SAE dot org pages that are our pages are probably going to see a little bit of a change again as we. Kind of find our own branding way as well, so I, yeah, I think that's about it. Maybe yep, uh, that seems about it. I mean, um. definitely as we things come up and we um, uh, confirm things, I guess is the right word. Um, so Ryan will be definitely in charge of posting all information on the news feeds, pushing it out on social media, the app. So um, I think as long as you're watching your emails and watching the news pages in the app and social media. I mean, it will be hard to not be notified.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and speaking on that, um, make sure that you guys are adding yourselves to your team roster. Uh, With document submissions, I'm sending out emails to teams who may have uh, failed to submit on the deadline, and some teams only have one to two people on the roster, which means only two people are receiving that email saying that this document is late. So make sure you guys get your team members added. That way, everybody's aware of the situation that is going on.
0: And of course, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode as we uh, give updates as we go through the season here. Including we'll closer to the event, talk about uh, previews of Michigan, Lincoln, and uh, uh, Formula North, and uh, everything from career fairs to rules to everything in the lineup here this year. You're gonna be seeing a lot of podcasts from uh, uh, Formula this year. So thank you so much, everybody, um, Kaylee and Ryan. Uh, looking forward to hearing what else is coming up here in the season. And of course, the events coming up here in the spring. Um, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE Fast cats. As always, we want to hear from you. So email us at formulaSAE at SAE.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.